Hi, friends, and welcome back to the dinner table. It's such a great night to have you all here with me. And I also have an amazing guest with me, my new friend, Brandy Kelly. Hey, Brandy, thanks for being here. Hello, thanks for having me. I was so excited when you showed up on the farm, and it had more to do with, had less to do with the podcast and more to do with the fact that a friend was coming for dinner. And it's been that way kind of every week, but at the same time, you're a new friend. And I'm like, I'm so excited to get to tell her all about my life and just talk about things with her and get to know her better. And so I'm really glad you're here. It's been nice to um, be getting to know you. I'm really excited to be here. Um, you know, I came out a couple of weeks ago just to have a tour of the farm yeah. and knowing that I was coming back to like get to have a one-on-one -on -one time with you. I was really excited. And then first out of the car, you were like, oh, I have to go see the Longhorns. They're right up front. <laughs> and one of them came... I guess that's what happened a few weeks ago too. Was they were like, "Oh my god!" It just came running up to us. It like he he crazy came running up to us, like a like a puppy, like oh my gosh, <laughs> like and, a puppy, yeah, yeah. Except a puppy with like that weighs like a lot and has these <laughs> massive horns. It's kind of crazy. So and then the ducks came up, and so it was a nice hello, welcome to the farm. <laughs> Very much so. We got a little show, yeah. a little play show. I've had a lot of abundant harvest going on lately. I harvested today another probably like 40 pounds of potatoes, purple potatoes. Ooh. I know, right? Yes. And white potatoes, but like baked potato sized potatoes, like some nice potatoes. So over the last two weeks, I've harvested about um, probably 100 pounds of potatoes. Wow. And I haven't eaten any of them yet because I haven't done any introduction of potatoes yet. Um, I've also harvested my first round of figs today. Oh, Do you eat figs? I don't know. Oh my God. I, I'm going to have to, before you leave tonight, hopefully I'll try to see if I can find one. If not, I'm going to let you have a fresh fig someday because they're so amazing. If you've never tasted a fresh fig, having that for the first time is something you're kind of overwhelmed about. It's not what is expected at all. And they're so good. And we have massive fig trees, big, 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 big trees. And this year, this past year, because of the freeze, that really helped the trees get healthier. And then we also have clay soil out here hmm. and we've had a lot of rain. And so clay soil holds the rain and the trees have gotten a lot of water. So it's kind of early to be harvesting figs already, but I harvested figs. And last week's episode with Kelly and Echo, they had asked me whether I was going to have figs anytime soon. And so she actually came out today and got figs and green beans and some more edible flowers because I'm growing all kinds of stuff. The peppers are starting to come on. I have lots of good stuff. So I've been harvesting every day and I'm getting ready to go out of town because my son is graduating from, he's graduating from Texas a University, but he's getting his bachelor's and his master's in this one graduation. That's incredible. Absolutely loved it. That's incredible. He's an amazing kid. Like he's one of those people that it's hard to even explain how he just does him. You know, I'm really, 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 really proud of him. Like proud can't even touch it. No, proud can't even touch it. He's like, he's an angel to me. Yeah. And we'll, 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 we're going to talk in a little bit about um, surrendering, but I surrendered to that kid. And then of course I've had to continue to keep surrendering, but that was my first surrender. Oh my God, I'm a mother. This kid needs me to surrender to him. And, and he has been, a, he's been a leader for me through my whole life because I was, 20 years old when he was born. So my entire adult life has been, you know, 
And so it's really exciting, very, very exciting. And I'm just so proud of him. But I did want to make sure and tell everybody that I am having another one of those classes. You guys came out to, that's what you came out to was the gardening class. Um, I'm having one on May the 20th now. So what did you think? Do you think it was? Uh... I, I want to say like, I don't have a garden. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I have like a dirt yard and I loved it. Like I yeah. took notes because there were <laughs> things that applied to me, maybe yeah. not for right now, but right. Yeah. you know, eventually down the road and like, it was informative, but it wasn't like, oh, this, this doesn't apply to me. It was like, I learned yeah. things that I didn't know. And it's gorgeous out here. Yeah. And it's gorgeous. And just getting to be a part of it. And I try really hard to gardening isn't just about gardening for me. It never has been. It's always been about the connection with the earth. It's always been about mind, body, spirit. And so everything that I talk about, and it's not just that, it's also like, how does it all relate to how we process things in the world? How does it all relate to the laws that we deal with? How does it relate to how our neighbors treat and act? You know, everything is affected for me. And so I, so I'm appreciative that you, that you got that, that yeah. you were here for that. So May 30th, it's in the morning. If you guys are interested, come out to that. You asked me whether I had reintroduced anything or whether we were reintroducing anything with the meal that we had tonight. There wasn't anything in the meal that was reintroduction, but I have reintroduced two things over the last couple of weeks. I had reintroduced eggs and that I had done one whole week a while back where I'd had like three or four more eggs in the morning. This last week, I backed off from the eggs for a few days and I added green beans into my diet. The eggs didn't cause me any kind of like bowel dysfunction or stomach anything or gas or anything crazy like that. Um, so I was looking for other symptoms, right? If there was anything else. I was having headaches crop dusting was happening. So, okay, maybe that's, you know, what's, and the eggs, do you, do you eat eggs? I do. What, like, how do you like to cook eggs? Um, I scramble them and then I do a lot of fried rice. So what I've been doing is taking some pancetta and the pancetta that I use, I get from natural grocers. So I can get some that's nitrate free and is from regenerative farmers and from places that I would trust, um, eating the food from. So I get their pancetta, I fry that. And then, um, I like you mentioned y'all use a lot of spinach and you use it fresh mm -hmm. or raw, but I use a lot of spinach, my eggs as well. And so I put eggs, spinach, tons of garlic, like ridiculous amounts of garlic. I always do that. And that's what I'd been eating just the last few mornings. Green beans though. I ended up having, I called it a whiteout. This is the explanation that I've given to people. That is a symptom of the thyroid stuff. It's not a blackout where I feel like because I've had, I'm a blackout person too. I've dealt with like anemia or stuff like that. Do you have experience with blacking out? In the, yeah, more yeah. ways than one. We'll get into that. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I fall out when I black out, and if I get like dehydrated or if I'm anemic or anything like that. So I have an experience in my lifetime of blacking out. But this is a different thing. This is I I want to call it a whiteout. It's almost like my eyes get crossed. Uh, in 2013, I was in a really bad car accident where I got hit, and the things are not going right for me. My body's not right. Uh, my mental health is not right. I'm just dealing with female issues. I was driving in Austin to visit my friends and I had this whiteout thing on the road in Austin and I couldn't see. It's this other cross-eyed thing that happened. Anyways, it happened the other day and I'm thinking maybe it's the green beans, but um, I ate the eggs again this morning. So I'm kind of doing a balancing act, which mm. I mean, is a big deal, right? Because it's like, okay, well, I've got to keep my clean diet, but then I also have to remember I'm going to add eggs, right? Add those. Okay. Well, I'm going to lay off the eggs for a few days and now I'm going to add green beans and then see how that does. Then I'm going to pull off the green beans and add the eggs back to see if, is it the combination of the two things that's causing this? You know, yeah. what is it? But 
That's what I was going to ask is, do you even go back to the green beans? But I guess you do if you're checking yeah. to see if it's the combination. Yeah. Try to figure out what, what is actually causing me. And then I, I can't add anything else in until I get like a good feel for one of the two of those. But I want to add potatoes in. We're going to cook out here at the farm and I want to cook um, my potatoes, purple potatoes, purple potato salad. Anyways, I think that would be really fun. So I'm looking forward to doing that. But speaking of reintroducing, I am also doing um, a food is medicine meal planning cooking class on May the 30th. That's actually going to be in the evening as yes. we as we were talking about some of the meals that, you know, you're cooking and me asking you questions about it. You're in a house where you're trying to cook special meals for yourself, right? And then your partner is like, meh, whatever, meat and potatoes. Yes. You know, how do we find our way through that kind of stuff? What kind of snacks do you like to eat while you're trying? Like, what are your like healthy snacks? My go-to snacks is always just a sliced vegetables and then my ranch dressing. Like oh I yeah, was that's telling right. You, you were like, saying that's that. My yeah. jam, and that's like before dinner. I'm like, oh, it's gourmet. I'm gonna I put it all fancy out on a plate. You know, yeah. put it in a spiral yeah. and. <laughs> well, tzatziki has become my replacement for ranch. Actually, that was delicious. It's really good. So good, and that is straight. I. AIP. Um, it is very simple. It's olive oil, lemon juice, the coconut yogurt that I use. Of course, you could use any yogurt if you're okay with other yogurts. And then cucumbers and then my fresh dill chopped up in my little chopper and super simple. And I that's become my dip. That's become my dip for eating chips. If I want to dip uh, fresh vegetables in it, that's become like a complete additive. So those kinds of things... Um, these yogurt bowls with fruit that I eat. We're going to do some of that stuff at the class, but we're also going to make some type of entree. And then we'll talk about ways and where, where to get things from. Cause that's one of the things that I think is a benefit from being here a really long time, but also being in the wellness industry for a very long time in this area. I know exactly which farmers markets. I know which farmers have what I know, which grocery stores, like I know I can only get my coconut yogurt at H-E-B weirdly enough, but over at natural grocers, I can only get the wraps that I have to use that I like to use. So I can tell people where to actually get things from and how to make it where it's now I'm on a budget, right? I got to yeah. figure out how to make all of this stuff work. I got to make sure that it lasts. I still got to buy expensive meats. So it's the opportunity to, to do that as well with this class. So if you guys want to come out to that, it's on May 30th. If you have questions about any of this stuff, you know how to get a hold of me and that's really easy. Last week we had um, a couple of unanswered questions. So last week we had a couple of unanswered questions. The one that was, I thought that was most interesting was she had mentioned, Kelly had mentioned the chupacabra seasoning because Kelly is a, a private chef yeah. and she's kind of famous for her delicious steaks that she makes. And she brought up the idea that she uses chupacabra seasoning. She says no MSG. And then one of the listeners to the podcast was like, oh yeah, yeah, we cannot live without our chupacabra. So I was like, okay, oh. let's, let's look up what chupacabra has in it. It's, it's a salt spices, which I always think that's funny. It's yeah. like, that's where they can just kind of put in whatever they want to. They put the word spices in there. Dehydrated garlic, sugar. I couldn't eat that already because it has sugar in it. If it says it adds sugar to it, I can't eat it. Brown sugar, dehydrated onion, paprika, also something I'm not, chili pepper, uh, dehydrated red bell peppers, butter flavor made from cornstarch, tapioca starch, dextrose, gum arabic, lemon oil, and then like all of those things that are like the preservatives that keep it fresh on the shelf basically. Yeah. So 
I, I would say for myself, I would be like, okay, let's, how do we make the chupacabra? But it's, it's not that easy. You know what I mean? Like making other people's seasonings mm-hmm. the way they do things. I, um, found that like, if you think about what are your, like, what are some of your favorite, like off the shelf seasons? You, you mentioned the, the hidden Valley ranch. Like you mentioned the, the yeah. ranch dressing off the, off the I shelf. I use the packet to make the ranch, mm-hmm. like the packet, but it's gotta be the buttermilk. What is it? It's the buttermilk dressing packet. But then I use mayo and buttermilk and I make it extra mayo-y, mm-hmm. even though I don't like mayo or buttermilk. But with that packet, it's so good. But off the shelf, like I do, it's almost everything is a mixture of salt, black pepper, garlic, uh, garlic powder, mm-hmm. and paprika. Mm-hmm. So like, so you just do yourself. Yeah. 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 And that's what I, that's kind of where I've gotten. And that's where we, we had gotten to where it was like, we could look at the back of a package and say, okay, well, these are the main ingredients in it. And then we're going to make our own. And then we would kind of just keep playing with our own seasonings to make our own seasonings because it's all of the like processing stuff, the preservatives, the things that keep it shelf stable that keep me from being able to participate in it or eat uh, from it. I think you can, I think it's fun to play with all kinds of different flavorings and seasonings and stuff like that. And I'm all about like, I miss my pepper seasonings. Mm -hmm. I miss black pepper. I miss paprika. I miss bell peppers, all the nightshades, all of that. So I'm hopeful that those will come again someday. I miss habanero salt. I miss. I do chili powder a lot. I love chili powder. I love, those are some that like, I'm trying to figure out how to make Pollo con calabasas, but pollo con calabasas is Camino and in all the chili powder and all of the Mexican flavors, I'm like, I want to figure out how to make that. We also had a question. I talked about at the very end, this is exciting. I talked about at the very end about how we should do a pop-up restaurant because we used to do farm to table dinners at the pavilion one night, sell it out. It's kind of hard to flip or it's kind of hard to make it the money work. I mean, you have to get the price of the seat up to such a high level for one night, one table, you have the table all night long kind of thing. So I had suggested that we do some sort of like a little pop-up restaurant. And so we actually are going to do one Father's Day, Father's Day and, and, and the Monday after Father's Day. So it'll be a two day thing, pop-up style. It'll be Father's Day brunch. The next day on Monday, we'll do a, a steak dinner. So people could pick days for their men and fathers and stuff to but do like, like a that. fixed menu. Uh, yep. A fixed menu and try to figure out, you know, I can seat 16 people at a time. So if I could seat 16 people times two or three, mm-hmm. two days in a row, yeah. now we're creating a little bit more of a, and of course, Kelly and Echo have so much more experience with making menus and actually getting the price point to where it'll work. That I asked her, I was like, okay, the next step is you make the menu and then I'll start, I'll sell it. I can sell anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'll sell it and then we'll, we'll put it on. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be as close to farm to table. It may not be a hundred percent farm sourced, but everything I can get from the farm here to do brunch and steak dinner. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. And I know there's a lot of people that are going to be super excited about it because that's one of the things that people really liked that we were doing. It's just that I I hadn't figured out yet how to make it really work for the price points that we were trying to do it at. So over the last week, I've been, you know, learning more about cooking by myself, cooking more meals. Um, How do I make it work for where I am? I'm about to leave town. So do I make more meat? What, you know, how long can, if I make a whole chicken again, that's going to be more meat than I need. 
Plus I've got my night with the podcast where somebody's going to come out and eat dinner with me. So I'm trying to figure out different ways. What do I need to buy at the farmer's market? Because that's where I get most of my meat from. Mm -hmm. But when I was at natural grocers the other day, I made a run through their meat just to see what they had because I hadn't really gotten in a habit of buying because we didn't have meat at the grocery stores that I would eat for 20 years, 15 years. So the only choices I had was what was at the farmer's market or whatever we would kill, you know, whatever we would hunt. And so now that we have a natural grocers and even HEB is carrying certain brands that I'm, that I'm okay eating, I made a run through at natural grocers and I found that they had made, um, hamburger patties, regenerative farm hamburger patties, grass-fed beef patty that's made with mushroom and onion, and it's regenerative farm. And so you can get those at natural grocers. I want to say it was like 18 bucks for maybe six patties. They're nice size. They've got to be like quarter pound patties. Great flavor. Pull one out, right? Like old school, like I'm in college again. Yes. I can pull a patty out and I cooked it with my green beans and my um, sweet potato because I still have some of my sweet potatoes I'm cooking. So I had made that and then just made myself a little hamburger patty and it was like eating a, a steak, you know, like a little having my little like hamburger steak. Fresh cut my white onions cut up on top of it. If you have a quick meal at home, your husband travels because he's a baseball coach. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if you're at home by yourself, and you're like, what's a quick meal? Like, how do you That's keep why up I'm with like that? I'm like giggling because it does feel like you're like college or you're like a teenager mm-hmm. when you're just cooking for yourself and not feeding like an army. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm used to feeding an army, even if I wasn't the one cooking. I mean, for 20 years of my life, I was feeding a bunch of little people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I'll typically do like either a rotisserie chicken. Okay. Um, and then, cause that's something that I know that I'll eat. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to waste it. Yeah. Um, but I'm also kind of lazy if it's just me. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I do that. And then I just saute some spinach or, you know, I just throw whatever veggie I have. I always have like one to two days of veggies. Well, I used to get really lazy when I was by myself because I was so used to cooking all the time. And I was a little bit concerned that I would get lazy. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't get lazy about this because I... Number one, my business is about food, right? <laughs> like, yeah. So I need to get into this and really, but then number two, my diet, my health, right? So my health was a top priority. So I've, I've really been en- enjoying it really and having to think about it a lot. And then of course that makes it easier for me to teach a class where I teach people how to make convenience. So, because a lot of times women will reach out to me and they'll be like, well, I, I want to get your veggies, but that's too much vegetables for me. And I'm like, actually I'll make it work, you know, where I'll give you just enough of the things that make sense for you. And then I'll, I'll do a nice flower arrangement too. So you can have some flowers in your house, you know, just trying to make it to where it matches a single person rather than like a whole family full of people. But, you know, like, let me give you extra carrots, you know, because you can just eat carrots dipped in, you know, like you were saying, carrots dipped in ranch or whatever. Let me give you an extra radish or something like that. I'm trying to think about all of that. And so this, this little patty, I actually did that two nights in a row this week where it was just, I could pull out the the leftovers of the whatever vegetable this week. It happened to be sweet potatoes and green beans and then just cook my little and then have my salad and whatever. And that's been really nice. The other thing is, is that I'm going all of the time. Oh, got to go make a delivery. Oh, got to go run by tractor supply and get the feed for the animals. Oh, got to go over here and get, you know, like I'm going to the farmer's market and going to, you know, I'm going like crazy. So I'm not 
getting home, I'm getting home at like eight o'clock at night, you know? It's not like you can swing by the taco shop. No, no. <laughs> and this time of year, and this is not unusual, but this time of year, when it doesn't get dark till eight o'clock, if I'm at home, I'm outside till it doesn't get dark. I can imagine. That. I just, I love, well, it's the best time of day to work, which I'm, I'm getting, I'm, sh I'm starting to shift where I'm working until two and then taking from two to like five off and then doing my laundry and sweeping for the 12th time today. <laughs> and then whatever, cleaning the tub and giving the dog a bath and, you know, all the little things that need to get done, kind of getting all of this stuff. It's weird. I've never been this single before. Like I was single in college. Right. For like a short time. I mean, I got pregnant in college. So I was single in college. I've never been this single. Yeah, I and I don't like even you're... want to use the word alone. Yeah. But you're kind of kicking its ass. Like, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. And I'm, and then having the podcast where I bring people out for dinner means I've always got one night a week where I don't have to eat by myself. Right. Yeah. But even still I've been invited out to dinner. So I've gone out and eat sushi. You know, it's like, okay, I think I could get really used to this yeah. and then still, you know, meet people and have fun and do all of it. But like just taking care, I have nobody to be resentful of when I'm in there washing the dishes because I'm the only one who's making the mess of the dishes. And I really enjoy doing dishes when they're just mine. Yeah, exactly. It's cathartic when it's they're like, mine. La, la, la. You know, it's no big deal. <laughs> it's like nice hot water and some good soap, you know? Yeah. So I did that, the hamburger patties. And then I also made the zucchini chips that you got to taste. Those are so good. They were good, right? Yes. So I had gotten addicted to the kale chips and I used the exact same nutritional yeast, cilantro salt, olive oil. I super thinly sliced my zucchini chips and I used my dehydrator. My friend Cassie, when she was here a few weeks ago, she suggested that I do the zucchini chips, but she has a freeze dryer, which I'm kind of jealous about her freeze dryer. But um, the dehydrator, they worked. You like that? You liked those? They were perfect. They yeah. were so good. They were a little more salty than I would like. So I do, liked it. You, you thought it was good? Yeah. It's nice to have that salty treat. I'll tell you, that's the thing that I miss the most of like snacking mm -hmm. is having the little salty, crunchy snacks. So that was a good one. I'll have to do some more of that with my more zucchini as I get some more zucchini coming off of there. And then we got to cook tonight together. We did. Yes. You were funny because when I told you to come, you were like, okay, do I need to bring anything? I'm just coming. Right. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And then you said tonight when you got here, you're like, I was wondering whether I should have been doing something because last week they brought all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I and I was like, yeah, they're professional chefs. <laughs> I'm like, that's just not me. And no. that's okay. But yeah. no, you got in there, you made the, the sauce for it and you, um, helped me grate the ginger I chopped an onion you chopped an onion and it made you cry and then i made you take a picture of me i was like here come take a selfie with me you're like i'm in tears that'll be an interesting selfie i was sobbing i have i have onion glasses at home you do that i set on my windowsill above my sink yeah. and i put on my little magic red glasses before i cut onions because it's such a show we talked about that on the podcast one time a while ago about how do you keep onion how do chefs deal with keeping onions and I don't even remember what the solution is. I'm going to have to look up the unanswered question. you're just supposed to rinse it. Like rinse as it soon first. as I cut it in half, I usually will rinse it or you uh -huh. like rub it on it. I don't know. I guess it doesn't affect me that much. I don't know. Oh, I chop them really fast maybe. I don't really know why I, I don't chop really... them slow. I've always been an onion hater. Uh-huh. Like I was the picky kid and I wouldn't uh -huh. eat anything green. Well, now I eat onions. I still can't eat them raw, but now I cook. I mean, I put them in almost everything. Yeah. But I still cut them like, I'm like, ew, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So what did you think? Did you, I mean, they were okay in the, the mix tonight? So good. Yeah. It wouldn't have been that good without them. My white onion is what we used was, was one of those. So it was the wild ground pork that we hunted a while back and processed. And then the recipe calls for either sesame oil or coconut oil. I used coconut, a white onion, clove of garlic, ginger, and then a coleslaw mix, which I actually made myself with a red cabbage and a green cabbage and then some radishes and my carrots all out of the garden. So I had my own coleslaw mix in there and then some apple cider vinegar, cocoa aminos, coconut aminos, and then a green onion that I chopped up on top that actually came out of the garden as well. So it was a nice little garden meal with the wild pork. And then you helped me put together the, the sauce on top and it called for coconut cream but I think you just use the thick cream part off the top From of the, the coconut, coconut milk. milk. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's something you do, or you could buy the actual, I think there's a pour over like coconut cream that you might put in your coffee. You could probably use that too, but this worked really well. It was thick enough and nice. Cocoa, coconut aminos, and then apple cider vinegar again, some more fresh ginger. And that's the part that you like drizzle on the top of the mix. And this is egg roll in a bowl with ginger cream sauce. And it's Whole30 AIP Paleo approved. And what'd you think of it? I loved it. First of all, that coleslaw mix was so pretty. It was, right? Like, just like radiant, vibrant colors in there. Yeah. But it was really good. Like there was just a lot of different we flavors. We got seconds. Both of us got we seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think I'm going to go get some more. Yeah. It was simple and I had a plate where it was just the bowl with the cream sauce on top and then we made our nice little salad and you helped me cut up some watermelon radishes to put on top. So a pretty little salad and then we had some fresh watermelon over on the side of it. And then we just got to – I'm really so glad, like I said earlier, to have you here with me at the dinner table. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. And you and I actually met at the Chapel of Spiritual Light for the Dharma Recovery Group. How did you um, get to know about that group? Like how did that become a place that you came to? I actually interviewed Gwen uh -huh. on my podcast. I have the Sober Bartender podcast. Yeah. She invited you and or she invited me. Yes. And so it was before there was actually, it was just before she had started the first meeting. Mm -hmm. So she was just getting ready to bring recovery Dharma to Corpus. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I got to go and kind of check it out and it took a minute for me to get consistent with it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I saw you and then I didn't see you, but I really enjoyed listening to you talk the very first time. And so we connected and then I mentioned something about the farm maybe or uh, you had mentioned, because I spoke on your podcast, you said it was episode 17. Episode 17. The Sober Bartender is the name of her podcast. And I actually spoke on it, episode 17. And you had mentioned on that, I had said like, I'm recovering from life. Yeah. Because I couldn't really explain to people why I was there, right? I, I don't, like, I give up things. I just give up things. And when it comes to like substance abuse stuff, right. And even when it comes to like diet and sugar and what, if I decide to give up something, I just give it up. Right. So people a lot that knew me were like, why, why are you going to recovery? But in December of last year, when I got so sick, man, like my friend who had been practicing with the 12 step programs and codependency coda groups and Alcoholics Anonymous and stuff like that. She had handed me a book called the language of letting go had said, um, just try this. And I was like, you know what? I, I want a book called the language of letting go, but she could see like codependency and yeah. she could see like other things. So 
but I would go to recovery and I'd be like, I can't explain it, but I do know that I need to renunciate a bunch of things. And I do know that I feel horrible and I'm going to recover from life. And that was like one of the first little, that in the farm. And you were like, Hey, I need to, I want to know you. I was (laughs) like, Hey, we need to know each other. And I was like, I have a podcast and you're like, I have a podcast too. I remember that you're right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I want to know more about what you do and what you've been doing. How did you end up doing the Sober Bartender podcast? How did you end up in Corpus Christi? You said your husband is a baseball coach. So tell me about yourself. So yes, I thought that I moved to Corpus Christi for his career. It turns out that it was totally for my own life path, but that's a whole lot of good stuff. Yes. (laughs) So um, last July... Um, July of 2022, we got married. Uh, we lived north of Seattle in uh, Edmonds, Washington. And we got married, but a week before our wedding, he got a call from Texas A&M Corpus Christi asking if he wanted to come down here uh-huh. and be the pitching coach. And we had to make, we're like planning this 100-person wedding, like our family's uh-huh. coming from all over the country. And we've got to decide if we're going to pick up our life and move right after the wedding. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, he's from Washington, but I'm kind of right. like adventurous spirit. And I was like, let's go, let's do it. He yeah. was a junior college coach. This is division one. Uh-huh. You know, this is a step up for him and I'm a bartender. I can work anywhere. So we got married and then we packed up and three weeks later we landed in Flower Bluff, America, Corpus wow. Christi, Texas. <laughs> wow. Wow. So how did you end up in Seattle? Like you before him? Um, a man, a different uh-huh. man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I moved there in May of 2020. Uh-huh. So uh, during the pandemic, wow. I was living in my best friend's casita. I was living in their casita and I was sober. Uh-huh. I was like 11 months sober, but I was not calling my sponsor. I wasn't going to meetings, but I was in a 12-step program. But I was feeling like I didn't need that. I didn't need recovery. Uh-huh. And um, I reached out to an old friend, like an ex from 20 years before that was living up in north of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I was, he said, you know, when this whole pandemic's over, you should come up and see me. And I said, well, no one decides what's essential. Uh-huh. Like no one's checking to see. I'm like, it's essential for me to see you. So I, <laughs> so I got on a plane and I flew up there in May of 2020 and then went back to Vegas, packed up all my crap and moved there. Uh-huh. And I relapsed the day I got there ah. and um, we got married two months later. Ah, so we dated for two months. It was mm-hmm. a 20 year friendship from afar. Uh huh. You know, we see, we talk every five years or so, but I got there, got drunk, got married. Um, ah, okay. Got shameful, got abusive. I'd uh-huh. never been abusive. Uh huh. But I was the abusive one in this uh-huh. situation. And I, um, I just went to a really dark place really, really fast. Uh huh. But it brought me completely to my knees. Yeah. And, um, so I went back into an AA hall and I surrendered. Yeah. And my life completely, it completely changed. And then that marriage ended two months later. Um, the 20 year friendship ended. Life completely turned around for me. Did you, I, I heard you say, brought me to my knees and surrendered. And I thought God guided me through to exactly where I am in this moment. And you, you mentioned being in Corpus Christi and like how you thought that moving here for moving here was for, husband coach, right? Yeah. But then you got here and realized it was like a big life changing. When did you being at your knees surrendering to actually moving forward with the steps and actually getting yourself into recovery and then actually feeling like a real shift start to occur? It was 
it was in December of 2020. It was when I went back in, I, I felt different because the relationship that I thought that I had with God before, mm-hmm. um, I still wasn't willing to accept that I was loved or that I was supported. I still believed back then that there probably was a God mm-hmm. and that he probably did love everybody just as much as they say that he did. Right. But that that was not for me, that I didn't get that. And so why didn't you get it? Uh, I was still, I just wasn't willing to crack open yet. I yeah. think, you know, I mean, I, is it something your mind tells you? Is it something? It was that something, like... it was just, it was something that I developed. It was like an armor of like, you know, self-protection of like that lack of worth mm-hmm. because I was very loved. Like I have a very loving family, mm-hmm. but I just was absolutely convinced through my life that I was not worthy of love. I wasn't yeah. worthy of God's love. I wasn't worthy of other people's love. And I did not love myself. Where do we get that worthy stuff from? Cause I, I come from a very loving family I do believe I'm worthy of God's love. I believe I'm worthy of a lot, but at the same time, there's this internal like worth issue. The world doesn't value me. That was mine. Like the world doesn't value me. Of course, the course has taught me that like the world isn't what's supposed to value you. Right. <laughs> like the world is literally doesn't matter. That's the part that doesn't matter. What matters is, is it that God values you and that you are part of the system of being a part of God's experience basically. Right. Yeah. So how do you give into that? Like, how do you get, I mean, I know how I've gotten to the point of like getting down on my knees. I mean, literally getting down on my knees in the garden every single day, grounded, grounded, literally. How do you get there for you? How do you, how did you get there? I had to pretty much go inside out the 12 steps of AA definitely um, did that for me. Uh, the sponsor that I ended up choosing and my understanding of what that source is. So the 12 steps was like a first step it <laughs> for was, you. It was yeah. like just piece by piece taking off all the armor that I had put up to protect myself from what was you know trying to save me the whole time. Do you have, this is one of the things I think about, I guess it's probably thinking about like the, the next, the the next shoe dropping, right? Mm. Do you have a fear of the next layer that's going to come off? Because I feel like my breakup, this breakup thing is, is the next layer that's going to come off. And I'm like, fuck, what's going to be the <laughs> next layer? Because, and when we, when I was at recovery Dharma the other day, I actually said that it's like, just when you think like, I can't, I couldn't, I can't do anymore. I could never do anymore. It's like another layer comes off. Do you, do you feel like, do you have that sense of, um, I definitely feel like that's just going to be the case. Yeah. And I, I feel that I'm in a transition now, uh-huh. you know, but I feel like now I, like I'm more like the pond than I am the fish swimming in the pond. Right. Like uh-huh. I can be the watcher as it goes on and not like flail and go, no, but stop and keep trying to hold on to the things that aren't serving me. I'm just like, okay, this discomfort that I'm feeling or these people that are falling away or these situations, I'm able to just kind of sit back and just go, okay. The thing that I'm running into right now, especially with the core stuff is um, God's will. My will and God's will are the same. My purpose I only have one purpose and that is to do God's will. The rest of all this stuff that comes along with it is the accessories, yeah. right? It's the tools that come along with it. As we get into the flow, you were you were talking about being in the pond, right? Yeah. It's like I'm already in it. I can imagine myself in it. Okay, well now the water is going to push me over here to this edge of the pond. And over here at this edge of the pond, um ah, that's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what am I supposed to do about that one? 
But then it kind of, if I let go, then this current kind of pushes me back the other direction. And what I find is, is that underneath that thing that was scary, there's actually like more food right there. Right. You know, and these things, like all these people that are coming to me right now, that's been like the biggest thing for me in this whole like processing of everything going on. And I, I guess maybe Corpus Christi has been that for you, it right? Absolutely. Has. All these people, they're just coming out of everywhere and just so much love and will say things like, God put me here for you. And I'm like, when in my life have I ever been surrounded by a world full of people that God, that, that will say out loud, God put me here for you. Yeah. God brought me to you. And it's happening from everywhere right now for me. Me too. And I wonder whether, like, I wonder if that's like a consciousness shift occurring in the world or whether that's actually a personal consciousness. Not that it's, it, the thing about it is, is that it's not either one of those. It's not oh, it's just me personally having this consciousness shift and that, oh, just, oh, it's just the world. It's both. I'm experiencing a personal consciousness shift and the world is also having a consciousness shift. And I think that that's the part with the willingness of being God's will and watching the world change as I change. Yeah. Watching the world change and seeing it from the recovery point of view, asking for my best friend, the Holy Spirit's help, like, okay, well, what do I do now? You don't do anything. I hear that so often. Like, how do you feel about that? Do you, are you a tell me what to do kind of person? I feel like do nothing is sometimes the hardest thing to hear. Right. And it's the hardest thing to do. Get up off the floor, quit your slobbering crying and just move forward. Don't do anything. Right. I so often hear that. Like I, I guess that's my, that's, that's my side of the recovery stuff. Like, how does that stuff work for you? It totally translates to the same thing because I feel, even though I've, I haven't drank or used drugs in over, it's been like two and a half years, but I'm noticing that less and less do I think or identify with the alcohol part. And it's just the human part. It's just the suffering. Like, it's just sometimes hard to be human. I was thinking about it. This was probably like the first week after the breakup. And I was thinking about how grateful I was that I had quit drinking mm. because I know that in a past life, I would have been drowning my sw- my sorrows in a bottle of wine, like easily like passing out with a, a, a bottle of wine next to my bedside um, because I've been there before. I mean, I've been in enough of, I mean, I've, I've been through a divorce already and I was single for a little bit of time. I wasn't single for very long, but I remember like when my kids weren't here, that was the hardest part for me. When my kids were here, I was fine. I was doing mommy stuff and I was enjoying my time with my kids. But then on the nights when my kids weren't here, it was like, oh yeah, I can be lazy. I don't have to cook dinner and I can drink a bottle of wine and watch a movie. And then I'd find myself like passing out with a bottle of wine. Like, and I was, I, I remember walking around the farm just feeling this sense of, because to me, the breakup has felt like I got gutted like a fish. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it physically felt like I just was ripped from the inside out. Right. And I remember some of those first nights that I would walk out to like, let the chickens put the chickens up and, uh, you know, just take care of things. Cause I'm not, if I mentioned this, I'm not afraid to walk around in the dark outside at this farm. Like I have zero fear. I'm not saying things couldn't happen, but I don't fucking care, you know, but I remember (laughs) thinking, walking, going, 
thank you, God, for fixing that before I got to this point. Yeah. And I thank God so regularly right now. I thank God for every movement, every time my body feels strong and healthy, when the wind blows against my face in a cool day, when I'm picking green beans and thinking of all the people I'm feeding. I just have this different, that's God's will for me. That's what's happening with recovery for me. It's like I am recovering from the, wor- the the fact that the world doesn't find me worthy. It doesn't matter if the world finds me worthy. The world isn't worthy. I mean, and it might, it might find you worthy and it doesn't matter either way. Right, right. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, there are things that are occurring that are like, but, but those things are not, it's just different now. Yeah. It just feels different. And I, I'm grateful for my friend used the term today, growth comes at the cut of a knife or where where the knife cuts is where the growth comes. And he was talking about sunflowers, right? So he was speaking my language, but he was meaning what he was meaning, right? And I was like, yeah, because it was like this shocking moment for me. Yes. (laughs) To hear that kind of stuff. What are your thoughts about the recovery group and just I don't know, sharing that and your, your sober bartender stuff, like sharing these things. I know, and I know, I don't, you can tell me about how you feel about talking about this, but I know that you've been doing some divorce from the 12 step program. Like, tell me how you feel about kind of where you are in recovery right now and how you want to move forward with it. Yeah. So I did get sober twice through 12 step recovery. And that second time it absolutely changed my life. And the steps did clear the path to Mm -hmm. God for me. And the steps tell you basically that we must continue this for a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. The course. Well, that's, that's right. We talked about that on my podcast, but that's what the 12 steps tell you. But what I found is when I investigated in my, in my own self, instead of just what I was hearing, I went, I think this has given me what I need. And now it's time to go and seek something else that I need. Right. Um, and that's easier said than done because I mean, it was, uh, I grieved a lot Yeah. because my life was so structured. Uh huh. Um, I knew that I was always going to consider myself an alcoholic, which is a person that is, uh, got an incurable disease of the mind and body. Yeah. See that switching that switch that right. it's not, you don't have a disease. You're not incurable. Right. Y- you know, this isn't something you can't, that you can actually recover from being an addict. You can, like, you can heal. That's such a ingrained thing in our culture that we don't have it in us. They say that we're diseased. So it's not that alcohol or drugs are, I mean, they say that they are addictive, but they're saying that we're addicts. Right. And I'm not willing to, to say that, you know, words matter. Right. And I'm not going to continue to repeatedly say that I am that thing that I suffered from. Right. Because I'm not a depressive and I'm not anxiety and I'm not. You know, uh-huh. I'm not yes. all those things. I, yes. I struggled with those things and I healed from those things. Yeah. Recovered from those things. Yeah. And that was a really hard thing to say out loud when I was like a big book thumper. I was like, you know, I was a, a follower of the rules and I would preach it loud and proud mm-hmm. to anyone that would listen. Mm-hmm. And then I just, after coming to Corpus and doing the podcast, you know, I did the podcast to try to connect because I wasn't really connecting in AA. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Seattle, I had a, a really big ne- network. And so um, talking to different people in different aspects and just being willing mm-hmm. and having an open heart and an open mind to things that were different than what I believed. 
actually opened me up to things that made a little bit more sense to me. Yeah. And so then further inquiry or investigation. So tell, um, tell us what that is. What's the so inquiry and investigation? Like I basically started, I still was going to AA. I still um, had three points of contact a day with my sponsor. And then I sponsored women and they would contact me three times a day. But then I started going to recovery Dharma. And then I started, um, I started looking into smart recovery and I started looking into harm reduction. Mm-hmm. And I started reading about the difference between alcohol abuse disorder and alcoholism mm-hmm. and where all of these things, I started just soaking up all the information that I could find mm-hmm. um, because I, I pretty much had the big book and the 12 and 12 and like that part of it, I had absorbed that. Right. Already. And now that I was taking in more, I went, it's not that I don't want to call myself that. It's that this feels truer to me, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I was told that I couldn't trust my thoughts, that my, I had a diseased mind and that I had stinking thinking. Uh huh. And those are things that are repeated to you time after like day after day. And you got to go to more meetings. And I have people commenting on my Facebook group on the Uh silver bartender podcast, Facebook group, seven days without a meeting makes one week. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was like, you know, I really love that guy. Yeah. I was irked. Uh And I just went, you know, I just, I do love him because I probably would have thought the same thing. Right. But um, I did break things off with my sponsor. That was the hardest thing because I talked to this woman three times a day, every day for over two years. Yeah. And we haven't spoke since. Um, We could, but I haven't. Yeah, of course you could. Like, (sighs) I mean, you have that ability to reach out and talk if you you want to talk to somebody. I, um, yeah, I think about that. I, um, well, for one thing, being able to just love unconditionally just love but that doesn't mean because I because I ran across I've had I'm very accepting of all people right and um and I tend to allow things like that to kind of just stick around for a really long time before finally I say okay and what what gave me the confidence was actually that Jesus taught his disciples to if you are um basically like if the town is not interested in hearing you, then just move on, move yeah. on to a new town, you know? And I think about that a lot, a lot, by the way, although I'm very grounded, I'll talk about that on another day, but uh, the grounded wanderer, but this idea that like, I'm a, I'm a public personality and I put myself out there publicly. Anybody that wants to pay attention to what I have to say, I give my whole personal life very openly, probably more openly than most people would. And I'm willing for long periods of time to allow people to just say whatever they have to say. Right. Mm -hmm. But at some point in time, I might have to decide, I don't really need to be in town with you anymore. And this has been challenging for me because if I think about the idea that my only function in the world is to be of love and forgiveness, like God, right? Yeah. And, and I'm not, and I, and I'm not separate. I am that woman and she is me, right? So the same thing with you and this man, you are that person and he is you and his way of thinking is where you've been. Yeah. Maybe watching him talk about that is a projection of something you're putting out into the world on someone else. Right. But at the same time, I also remember Jesus saying, move on to the next city if you have to. Right. I also know that my therapist taught me that not everything that I say is for everyone. Yeah. Right. And there are people that are going to turn their back on the things I have to say, or are going to 
hate it, but it's not my job to fix that. It's my job to simply forgive and love and to do what I know. And I, everything I've been listening to you talk about and the things that I've been going through, like I see I'm a witness now to like how it can be better. Like, so you for that man can hold witness to, yes, I understand exactly where you are and I love you Yeah, and be there. And as long as you can let it be, just let it be, right? If you have to move on to another city, you move on to another city. Right. But in the meantime, you can offer on Sober Bartender, in recovery groups, the recovery Dharma, here on this podcast, the miracles that you're seeing, how your life is changing, how people are coming to you for help. Like you said that you got a call today for somebody asking you for help. And in the meantime, you asked for help and the help was right there for you. Yes. Right. I always talk about this. There was, and I, this has been like three years that I kept saying, it's like, there's a hand reaching down in the water and it just gives me just enough air. It'll pull me up out of the water and it'll give me just enough air to breathe. And I can go, okay, I can do this some more, you know? Um, and I, I even think that now, like, I feel like maybe I'm just, I, I'm on the other side of it now. And I don't even know how that happened, especially not during the time that I'm dealing with right now. How did I end up in this hardest part of my life and but at the same time feeling like what I am now is the person with a hand reaching down to just pull people out of the water and to say, let me show you a miracle. Let me show you what I see. Let me show you what I'm feeling. And that doesn't mean that everyone is ready for that yet, but I can hold space and love and forgiveness for them for when they are ready for it. And I think that's what Jesus taught us with Christ consciousness. I'm holding a space for you, even to the point where you're going to literally nail me to a cross, persecute me and kill me. I'm going to continue to hold Christ consciousness for you because someday you're going to do it even better than me. And I feel like there's an element of that like occurring for our friendships, yeah. our people that are coming to us in this world this consciousness of the of the world that is igniting big things that are happening in Corpus Christi like i i am so appreciative of being what i consider um a lighthouse mm -hmm. and and i said that specifically about opening up the farm on mondays back in january i said i'm just going to commit to god and i'm going to commit to doing these things i'm going to commit to doing the course of miracles again i'm going to commit to garden healing i'm going to commit to going to recovery group but it's because i feel like i need to hold space and i need to be my brilliant self and be available and it has been exactly what i needed to do and i think that the recovery group where we've got this interesting and strange, like, like we're and and share, this is what I think Rev share really loves as I see her getting all giddy about it is that you've got this group that's coming together there at the chapel. It's not just recovery, but it's, you know, at the chapel yeah. coming together. And then we spawn off into the world and we take that energy with us and we're like spreading it. And, and that's that mycelium. It is. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's like, we are the mycelium yes. and we are. And I loved you talking about the trees and, and all of that. Like it's, it, and, and I found, I learned all that stuff in the garden, you know, but at the same time I had to learn it in the garden. And then I actually had to go back into a place of being able to like reconnect with the people of the world, with the things that I, yeah, that interconnectedness. Like when I was up in the Pacific Northwest. You know, I went from being in Vegas and being in the desert to being up in Washington and being in the trees. And that's where I learned to talk to the trees. 
because it was, that was where, that was where I was getting sober and that's where Mm -hmm. I was coming out of all this, but I would go there and that's where I would go to talk to God. Okay. Until I got to a point where I could just talk to God anywhere. I would go to the trees. Yeah. So that's so, so that was a part of the recovery for you. Oh yeah. Of course it was. And the Creek and I would sit and I would just watch, like watch the Creek or I would watch like a pebble. Uh huh. And it was just that, that was my introduction to meditation of quieting my mind because. Yeah. We watch the chickens. That's one of the like meditative things that occurs out here is just sitting and watching the chickens. But yeah, nature, nature is the answer. I appreciate that. I, um, I've enjoyed that conversation. Um, just us having a talk, talk about the things that we've gone through with that. And, um, I want you to tell me though. So it's called the sober bartender. That's your podcast. Yes. Tell us where we can find your podcast. How easy is it to get a hold of it? And how else can we get in touch with you? How do we find you in the world? Okay. So the Sober Bartender podcast is available anywhere you get your podcast, mm-hmm. but it's kind of new. So sometimes it can be challenging to find. Okay. But definitely Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, pretty easy direct route there. But on some of the other ones, you've got to dig a little mm-hmm. and... um so yeah, my name is Brandy Kelly. So you can find me on Facebook at yeah. Brandy Kelly and then on Instagram at the Sober Bartender Podcast. Okay. And then also on YouTube at the Sober Bartender. Awesome. So subscribe to her YouTube channel, you guys. Yes, and, please. And follow and like and do all those things that you do with bartender with the Sober Bartender Podcast. My episode is episode 17. If you want to go back and listen to those, are there any other like great episodes? You're like, you definitely have to listen to this one or just dig in. I would say definitely that one. And then there's one with Rachel Kemplin Mm -hmm. and that's a, it's a cautionary tale. Okay. And it's a, it's a deep one, but it's a special story. And then you also mentioned that you're doing, you're doing ones where you have guests and I'm doing solos, solos. And so what do you talk about in solos? It's different from your guest talks. So on this, Last week, it's a little more of a teaching or um, more like tips and tools. This uh, this last week I did, um, so you quit drinking, now what? Mm-hmm. And so it's basically like, what do I do with my hands? What do I do with that fire burning inside <laughs> my gut? That's the, that's the, but I get it. What do I do with my hands? Because, yeah. you know, that a lot of times switch it. Like, that's the one I think for smoking cigarettes a lot. What do I do with my hands? Well, but, that's all I could think of when I got out of detox the first time as I was like, I, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with myself. Because I just would always go and mm-hmm. put fluid in a cup and then I yeah. could. Yeah. You know what? We, we, we have talked about that in the past when you stop drinking, like you're used to reaching over on the couch next to you and yeah. like, so what do you put in that spot? And then a lot of times people will switch over to something that's not even necessarily as good. They'll switch away from alcohol to like Cokes, you know, or something like that. So what do I do with myself? My thing is, like I said, the fire in my belly. Like I have this, like, all of a sudden I have this like sacral fire. It's like, I got to do something. What do I do? What do I do? You know? And around here these days, I've just got, I just get up and go take care of the next thing I need to take care of. I need to clean something. There's always something that needs to be done. You know, some chickens that need to be taken care of. People say do the, do the next right thing. But I say do the next thing right. Do the next thing right. Yeah. I like that. That's good. All right. So now it's time for us to do the random question. So the way the random question is thing that we brought up where it's like, okay, well, 
you're sitting at a table with a bunch of people or some kids or some guests or whatever. And it's like, you want to have a good conversation at the table. It's never hard for me to have a good conversation Mm -hmm. at the table, but it's always fun to have a random question that kind of gets some thoughts coming up that you might not have thought about. And so the one that I pulled today says, would you gain 30 pounds permanently in exchange for $1 million? Hell yeah. Would you? Yeah. Impressive. What would you do with a million dollars? Oh, I was going to say the weight would probably go to my boobs. Oh, that's where I hold most of my weight. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, I've been 30 pounds heavier. I was pretty unhappy with that. But with the million dollars, I would definitely, I would want some property. I would want some roots. Yeah. My little vagabond self. I would like to. You need to be grounded. I do. You've got the wanderer part down. Now you need the grounding part. Yep. Yeah. I just haven't, I haven't found where, I know it's coming, but yeah. I don't know where it is yet. You mentioned that you, you would like a place like this, but then you were like, it's a lot of work to have a place like this. It is a lot of work to have a place like this, but I think that it's really, I mean, I'm really appreciative. I'm, I'm, I understand the wealth that I have, which is the reason why, um, I wouldn't do it because <laughs> I've spent my entire life going towards, um, the high level of like wellness for me has been my biggest focus. And I've had plenty of opportunities to make a lot of money because my career is marketing. My, my education, my profession is marketing. I'm great at it. Um, I could get an amazing corporate job making a buttload of money. And, and at this point in my life, I could actually move anywhere and go in, do anything I wanted to. And so I think about that and I'm like, I always go back to the wealth of wellness the wealth of feeling good inside my body, the wealth of like having this land. And so I immediately just thought, you know, I, a million dollars would be really nice, but you know what? A million dollars isn't really that much money in today's world anymore. (laughs) It's a start though. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. And it is a start for getting that wealth and grounding that you like have sought, right? Yeah. I'm not looking to like be in the hustle and bustle. But the difference between where I'm at and where I hope to be is just about a million dollars. It's just about a million (laughs) dollars. Just about a million dollars. Well, thank you guys so much for being here with us at the dinner table again with Brandy and I. Brandy, thank you for coming. uh, My new best friend coming and having dinner with me and enjoying the show with me here. Um, I hope you'll come back. I think I'm going to get a guest list of people that I, that come back around from time to time. Yes, please. Lots of my friends keep reaching out going, oh my God, I want to be friends with those people. And so I also have this great idea that we have a dinner party. I was just thinking in my yes. brain, I'm like, I hope she says dinner party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, all these people are going to want to hang out together once we start having all of this. Aisling gets to have dinner with all these people. How do we get to come to a dinner party where we can all have dinner together? So that'll be coming up very soon. I know that it will. If you're listening to this on YouTube, I ask that you please subscribe to my channel. It's really helping me increase um, the followers on my YouTube channel and we'll get it to the point of being able to monetize. Speaking of money, if you would support the podcast, you can just go to the show notes, go to dinnertabletalks.com, go down in the show notes and click, hey, Aislinn, I'm going to send her a dollar a month or $5 a month because she's working so hard and she wants to keep doing podcasts instead of having to go into the corporate marketing world of America. If you would please support the podcast that way, or just simply like rate review, all of those things that you can do to help us out with the podcast. Thank you all so much for being here at the dinner table. I look forward to seeing you next week. Love you.